Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us today. My next guest is Ken Tucker. He's joining us from TAG, T-A-G, TAG Consulting in Fairfax, Virginia. And you know, you have a lot of employees and they have their differences and they help senior executives improve organizational outcomes by putting what's different about people to determined, purposeful, and productive use. They help leaders and teams become intentional with their difference. So I'm very interested to to hear Ken's viewpoints and tips. So Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bill. Ken, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Tag Consulting. How did you get started, and what does the company do? Uh, we've been around about 17 years. We spent a lot of uh, time in the executive suite, uh, in the um, the space where the decisions are made for an organization. So we, we are strategic consultants that help our leaders in an organization, um, as you said, unleash what it is that people bring uh, to the table. That's different. Uh, you know, we, we, we believe that you ought to position people where they make more of a difference rather than more of the same. And so we spend a lot of time in that, in that space helping uh, organizations uh, understand how to put people to productive use. And I like the I like that concept a lot. It's contrarian. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, let's figure out how we all work together as a team. But part of that is really focusing on those differences. So how does your process work to determine the differences of people and how they'll work best together? It starts with these three percentages, 85%, 10%, and 5%. 85% of what you and I are capable of doing, Bill, most people, most other people can do it. And when you're in a job where more of your time is being spent on that 85% that most anybody else can do, you have little value and you make very little difference in an organization. Then there's the 10%. There's that 10% that you and I are capable of doing that some people can do or some people can be trained to do. When we spend that time there, it shows potential. It demonstrates that we could possibly be doing more, but it's not quite that sweet spot yet. Then there's that 5% bill that you and I do, and that's what separates us from the rest of the world. That 5% that you do, that's uniquely your space. People call upon you for that purpose. Your brand is very different when people see you spending more of your time on your 85 and your 10%, versus the 5% where it is you bring that remarkable difference. That's fascinating. That really is a good, a very clear, good way to put it. And uh, what examples can you give us of the benefits people get from looking at this and employing your process? Well, anybody who's ever worked with a boss <laughs> knows when he or she is operating in their 85%. Why? Because many times... Their 85% may be what you do within your 5%. And you get this feeling that I really wish you wouldn't help. I wish she would kind of like leave that to me. Or, you know, if you want to be honest, you wish they'd get out of the way. 
And so mm-hmm. there are examples almost every day when we operate in an, in an organization where people get to work alongside one another, where we feel the either the benefit of people working more in their 5% zone or the disadvantage of people meddling, you know, in, in their 85% zone, uh, thinking they're helping when they're really hurting. Uh, I'm, I'm just now uh, stepping out of a conference where uh, a lieutenant colonel was speaking, and um, I spent last week just helping him to identify his 5%. Uh, this is a guy who spent 40 months in Iraq as the leader of 7,000 men, okay, men and women for that matter. And, uh, and as we work through this process of helping him to identify his unique difference, what we call your intentional difference, he identified that, you know, what really actually resonated with him was for the first time in his life he was able to articulate what it was that he was demonstrating when he was most successful and why in some instances he wasn't successful because he had either overlooked or taken for granted that 5% zone. Our process bill brings people to a place where they understand in one word what that 5% zone looks like and how it is they may live and spend more of their time in that zone. And that's fascinating. And I've heard before uh, people say that, you know, when it boils down to it, there are, there are probably three tasks that any one individual can do specially. Is there is there a, a number? Is it... Uh, uh, is is it vary from individual to individual? That five percent. How detailed do you get with that? We started this um, this um, research and this discovery with the thought being that we were going to go out, Bill, and find out what it was that was in common for effective leaders. We figured we'd go out there and we'd find these these characteristics that all effective, successful leaders had had uh, at the same. And what we discovered was that they were all different. And we thought we had kind of missed the boat, that we had actually failed in our research until we started looking at it differently. And we realized, actually, we discovered something. We discovered that the most successful people throughout history identified what it was that was different about them, and then they took that and turned that to productive use. Think about it. The great artists of the world, why do we call them great? Did they paint better than the other guy? Not necessarily. They painted differently from the other guy. Every time we look at persons who are outstanding in their fields, it's because they've mastered the art of the difference that they possess, and they've turned that into productive outcomes. And that's what we could say. So it's not a matter of if I'm a great speaker. I am a great speaker, maybe. All right? Why? Most likely because I am different in my speaking and I'm effective in my speaking in a different way from the next great speaker that comes along. Do, does passion come with come along with that or does someone if someone likes to do something or and they're good at it does that mean they're going to necessarily have a passion for it or is it just something that they should focus on for the good of the business? Two questions I hear you asking. One is, does passion have something to do with it? And two, if I have, a, if I like to do something, am I going to automatically be good at it? We asked the simple question around the world, Bill, and the simple question was this. How are you different? If I were to ask you that question right now on live here, 
Bill, how are you different? What would you say? How are you different? Uh, well, it I sounds like a simple yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a simple question, right? But what's what's the answer? How are you different? Oh. Good question. I mean, uh, I I love to communicate and break things down, but yeah, I, I see what your point is. I I I get your point. We acted around the world, Bill, and people struggle to answer it. Oh, of course, the first answer was, "I'm tall." I make people laugh. You know, I love to communicate. And then when you hear yourself say it, you realize that's really not really different. Yeah, it's not uniquely <laughs> right. different. Right. So what we then. It was we identified that there are six dimensions that actually help us to articulate in a very unique way what's different about us. The first dimension is critical outcome. I would I would guess, Bill, that part of your difference has to do with how you conduct this interview. Over the years, people have come back and said, that Bill Black, he has a unique way of getting to the heart of the matter. And you do. You have a unique way of getting there. And you become known for that critical outcome. It's when I show up at a party. People are already expecting certain things from me. Why? Because they know that to be one of my prevailing attributes. You know, when, the, when your phone, your cell phone rings and you see the ID, you already start to think in terms as to who that individual is, and you respond to Mary and Mary very differently from how you respond to your jerk of a brother. All right? So we have a way of understanding the critical outcome or the brand of an individual. So everybody has a brand that they establish over time, a critical outcome. That's unique to us. So that's one way we could talk about how we're different. Another way we could talk about how we're different is what you asked about. We call it driving passion. Absolutely. All right? Every one of us as adults and sound human beings, we have what I call a built-in passion meter. We know when somebody is passionate about something. <laughs> we can gauge it. We can identify it. We know when somebody has a passion about something. And we also know when we are passionate about something. There is inside of you and inside of me a driving passion that actually gets me up in the morning, that gets you up in the morning. When somebody says, hey, we go in to uh, interview you know, somebody, uh, about their life story and the latest, greatest thing, you know, that gets the, the reporter, the journalist up and running. He, she is up earlier than usual. Why? Because they get to do what their driving passion is. So the second dimension is driving passion. The third dimension, dimension is this idea of assimilated experience. Bill, if I had the time and I asked you about, tell me a time and a moment in your life that was a game changer for you, your response and your answer is going to be different from the 7 or 8 billion people in the world today. It's going to be mm. very different for each one of those individuals. It's amazing how our experiences create our uniqueness, how we assimilate it, how we experience it, and what experiences we have are unique to us. That's the third dimension. The fourth dimension is cumulative knowledge. It's amazing how... We could stand on the corner, watch the same accident, and walk away with a different takeaway. We saw it differently. It happened before us. It happened at the same time. And yet, what stuck for me and what stuck for you would be very different. It's that sticky part of knowledge, how we accumulate knowledge. For some people, you know, a mathematical equation is very sticky, and they know that, understand it, never forget it. For some people, it's the punchline in a joke. For others, it's, it's the, the 
the angle of, of, of you know, a triangle. You, you understand me? Of, of mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's amazing yes. how it sticks for us. It's amazing. The next dimension is what we call emergent skill. Now, you mentioned something earlier. You said, if I like something, will that mean that I'm going to be automatically good at it? This is where we actually refer to uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, uh, and he talks about the idea of 10,000 hours. He, he kind of postulates that if, if um, we spend 10,000 hours doing a particular task, um, that is what is required for mastery of the task. And that's a kind of macro view. The reality is that, you know, I, I, I've been singing in the shower for most of my life, and I've logged more than 10,000 hours. And I'm no better at singing today than when I first started. So there's something that we need to understand more fully about this 10,000 hours. Actually, the 10,000 hours application only works when the skill is already in me. And as I practice that skill, all right, and because that skill's in me, it's finding a way of expression. It's actually gushing out of me. It's emerging out of me. And as it emerges out of me, I sing. And I'm singing because what? Because... I have the vocal cords that kind of are fine-tuned so much so that my, my entire um, hearing system can pick up high C and, and my vocal cords, I can control them. Man, listen, I have all that it requires that as I sing, I get better and better every time I sing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Isn't that amazing? That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's unique. The one person is singing, the one, another person is speaking, another person is writing, another person is building things, but it's amazing how that kind of gushes out of us. It's already inside of us. And the last one is prevailing talent. It's how I think, feel, and behave. And the way I think, all right, is very different from the way you think. And all of us have these unique ways of, um, of thinking, regardless of what, um, what the situation is we find that we are different in how it is we respond to stimuli. So when you ask me a question, how do I respond? How do I interpret that? Uh, When I'm faced with going to meet a crowd, do I think I'm going to sit beside somebody I know or am I going to look for the place where the most strangers are? It's amazing when we look at these six dimensions, Bill, we begin to understand how it is we articulate what's different about us. It's fascinating. It really is. And so when, you, when you're when you taking someone through finding their intentional difference, you're applying the six dimensions that we that you just talked about, the, the critical outcome or brand, their driving passion, assimilated experience, cumulative yeah. knowledge, emerging skill, and prevailing power. Uh, to, to come to, prevailing talent, yes. yes. Prevailing talent, talent, sorry. That's fascinating. So, yes. and each of those you explained so clearly – can make a huge difference in uh, how someone can find out what it is that they like. But back to the question is, if someone is uh, is good at bill collecting, let's say for a company, that may not be right. their their passion, but at, when you're building a team out, you may find out, well, this person, though, it's they're the best at it that we have. So uh, where does someone go with that? So, so there are three things we know helps companies to succeed with whomever they have. 
because most companies, especially small to mid-range companies, have to use the army they already have. And the way that that works most effectively is to think in terms of three Ps. All right, one P is we have to consider patterns. All right, patterns, P-A-T-T-E-R-N-S, patterns. And that's basically what I was talking about when I talk about difference. Those are Mm -hmm. your your natural patterns, okay? So we, we understand that about each individual in our organization, okay? The next thing we have to look at is what is the process, okay? So sometimes, okay, we can't afford to hire people with 100% pattern to do this particular task, but they could get by with 50%. So we have somebody with patterns, but if we add process to it, we may actually increase their consistency and their effectiveness. Mm -hmm. So a Mm -hmm. process that comes along and helps me to do the task. And then sometimes also, we also need to be looking for ways in which we can forge partnerships. Okay, so for example, let me bring that all together in one illustration. I travel a lot. I have a lot of expense. Uh, receipts to turn in for my reimbursement for my travel expenses. The problem with me is that I mean to do well with those receipts, Bill, but I could find them in little wards here and little wards there, and sometimes I can't find them at all. You, all right? <laughs> I am just not that organized, you know, regardless of how good intention I am. So mm-hmm. then we need some kind of process to help me because my pattern says I am not likely to be that organized. So we understand my pattern, so we give mm-hmm. me a process. So guess what? All right? And my uh, assistant will give me an envelope. She gives me an envelope for every trip. Ken, don't worry about Perfect. what you do with, uh, just put it in this envelope, okay? Or she's kind of kicked it up most recently. She says, okay, Ken, you have an iPhone. Take a picture at the restaurant off the receipt and just email it to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those three Ps are active right there. We understand my pattern, we provide a process, and I have a wonderful partner in hand. Excellent. Excellent. Very, very good. Very good tips uh, and uh, just excellent information. Now, when you work with individuals um, and groups, I, I assume are, you're, a, you're a business speaker, right? So you speak to groups and, and also work with, uh, with individuals both, correct? Yes, yes. Um, Tag Consulting, we serve uh, about 600 executives with executive coaching, workshops, strategic planning, et cetera, each month. Okay, so so if a business group is out there looking for someone who can speak to their group, you would be very, very effective, I can tell. And you you have a, a book, I guess, called Intentional Difference, is that right? Yeah, we have, a, we have a few books out there. The Leadership Triangle, uh, ah. the, Your Intentional Difference, um, Red Zone, Blue Zone, um, Intentional Conversations will be out next month. Uh, so if you, you Google Tide Consulting and or Ken Tucker, uh, my um, uh, email is ktaatme.com. People can obviously email me directly, but tideconsulting.org. If they go there, they will find all the information on, on, on the, the way we think, but also, you know, very useful tools on how you may manage your business, identify leaders, develop leaders, hire people, okay? Uh, select people who are going to be predictably successful for your organization. And, and again, uh, Ken Tucker is in the business uh, with TAG Consulting of helping leaders and teams become intentional with their differences 
And I tell you, Ken, I have about two pages of notes here. Your fast is like taking a college course here in 20 minutes. You you gave us so many great tips and, and examples. I really want to uh, tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show for our listeners, and I hope they'll get in touch with you. But I'd love to have you back on the show because I can tell we could just go so much deeper on some of this information. Um, fantastic information you've shared with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bill, and I'd be glad to come and give you some of the stories of people whose lives have been changed specifically. I'd love to hear them, and I look forward to the next time that we speak, Ken. Thanks very much, and have a great day. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this with another guest, so please stay with us. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Business owners, If you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 